cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek this issues package is a private equity and venture capitalist special on the cover this time around is uh, axel partners and uh, its recent exploits they are particularly known for uh, spotting unicorns early we'll find out in this podcast what makes them different from other investors as crucially this package also includes a long story on uh, the private equity player apollo global which is now expanding its uh, wings within india and is betting big on distressed assets to learn more about both these subjects and more on the call with me today are forbes india's pooja sarkar and rajiv singh hi both of you thanks for joining in thank you so hi, much abhishek thank you and let's let's start uh, with you rajiv uh, you've done the story on axel uh, we have the concept we all know the concept of angel investors venture capitalists and private equity players where angel investors are as the name suggests the initial blokes who have faith in an entrepreneur's idea write that first check it used to be 1 lakh rupees once upon a time today it's a few crores perhaps then you've got vcs who bet slightly more money and they have their own reasons why they pick some firms as compared to others and your story falls in that domain and you've put axel on the cover why is that and what is axel's place in vc industry in india hi abhishek so uh, definitely axel is among uh, one of the top vc funds in india and and uh, they claim to fame is that uh, they are unicorn hunters yeah look at the number of unicorns in the portfolio so from flipkart to ola to freshworks and to swiggy it's all excel funded and the, the usp is the spot all these guys very early very very early so from the seed stage is what when they put their money in and they stay with the firm throughout the journey of the startup they do a couple of follow on rounds they are i think fund with the midas touch i would say you also write about you know what makes them different to borrow a phrase from your story is founders mentality what is it that you mean by that and how is it helping them to spot those unicorns early as you just mentioned see in 2008 you have to go back to 2008 when they entered when this american biggie entered india and and they did by uh, buying out erasmic which was an early stage fund at that time and was run by four original guys subrata mitra mahindran balachandran prashant prakash and gagan kumar so all these guys were part of erasmic they were co-founders of erasmic and when excel bought out this fund these four guys became the partners of excel india so these were the four original founding partners of excel out of these four partners four guys subrata mitra and prashant prakash they are former entrepreneurs you know and and this fund is known to have this founders mentality because you know they don't view entrepreneurs and they don't view startups from the lens of an investor just because of their rich background in entrepreneurship they they have a different uh, approach altogether and and this reflects in the the way they deal with the entrepreneurs and how supportive and how empathetic they are towards all the startups could you point to some of the big investments uh, in the recent past and where they stand today let's start with zenoti um, no uh, bigger unicorn i would say company than zenoti because 2020's last unicorn happens to be zenoti the beauty is that zenoti is a software as a service uh, startup providing services to salons and spa across the world uh, 60% of its revenue comes from us 20% comes from uh, uk who would have imagined a unicorn emerging out of salon and spa these guys spotted them as early as 2015 in fact 2014 there is a very interesting incident one of the excel partners in bangalore out of curiosity wanted to know how does a fancy haircut look like he heard a lot about 250 rupee haircut and all those 
So he went to one of the salon in Bangalore. And uh, what impressed him most was not the quality of the haircut, but the speed at which the entire checkout after the haircut happened. And, and then he got to know that there is a company called Manage My Spine Hyderabad. So they, they were the guys running this software. He got in touch with them. And then in 2015, Excel invested. But the interesting part of the story is this guy didn't need money. He was bootstrapped, well-equipped. Excel didn't give up because they spotted a gem. They knew that there is a potential uh, in the startup and what they are doing. But the market, the big market didn't lie in India. Sudhir Kunuru, the co-founder, he didn't want to step out of India. Started two ventures in US, came back to India in 2004. And... He was having a very contented life. He didn't want to go back to US. Just a month after Excel invested, his team went to US. And the rest is history. 60% of the revenue now comes from US. So that's the beauty of this fund to spot talent very early. And uh, luckily, most of the bets have played out. You also write how it's not necessarily entrepreneurs who chase VCs, but the other way around is also true. And this being one of such examples and... uh, Talking about big investments, uh, Pooja, if I could turn the next one to you, uh, none bigger than what private equity players do. And uh, in the story that you have written about Apollo Global, uh, briefly before we could go into it, what are its ambitions in India and uh, where does it stand vis-a-vis the biggish players here? So uh, Apollo came into India in 2010 and they set up an office and they realized that, you know, let's get somebody on board because they wanted to do distress. Uh, They are known globally for their distress skills. So they wanted to do the same in India, but India had a very fractured distress market at that point in time. We did not have the bankruptcy law. It came only in 2016 or so. So they wanted to do that piece, but they thought it's better to go and tie up with a bank. So they tied up with ICICI Ventures, that is the private equity arm of ICICI Bank. And they both came together and created this thing called as Aeon. And that's how they went and raised capital and came back. And this year, uh, they broke up with Aeon. That partnership is broken up. And uh, Apollo Global has now decided that they want to go big because they really see a lot of bigger opportunities in India. Deals worth over $500 million kind of check. Now, if I compare them with other bigger private equity firms in India, for example, the global guys that are there, like a Blackstone, uh, which already has more than commitment, which has commitments of over $10 billion in India. If you look at a Brookfield, all of them have committed a lot of money. As compared to that, Apollo Global Management globally, as of now, right now, has AUM of around $433 billion. And they have committed only $2.5 billion. Yeah, what, what is their reasoning for this? Uh, So as I said that they were in partnership with Aon. So they had the Aon fund that they were deploying capital from Aon for normal private equity and its distress solutions. And they were doing real estate separately. But since the breakup, but this year has been a very big year for them. And in terms of at least in real estate, uh, they have done six, they have done in entirety real estate till now has done a billion dollar. But this year alone, they did $620 million. So you can imagine that, you know, more than half of the money was deployed just this year. And similarly, if we look at the private equity side of the business, now that they have gone free, they will be looking at larger deals. They will be doing a lot of credit deals. And they are now trying to eye transactions of, uh, you have to look at the lens that, you know, it's a global fund. 
if a global fund is committing capital to an indian asset it has to match the value and standards of the similar assets anywhere in the world that is the kind of prism with which you have to look at it but now they are ready to look at large deals the focus of your uh, story here was how they have specialized in distressed uh, assets especially in india uh, these are particularly tricky and hard to liquidate there are too many challenges including union or legal troubles uh, you rightly mentioned the bankruptcy law is not as old so how do they get around these uh, challenges and what is there in it for them to be in that trade so the thing is that uh, in the early in around 2014 end of 2014 2015 when dr raghuram rajan was the governor he really came in and said let's clean the books take these companies to bankruptcy court let's clean the books most of the npas that are there in india the larger portion lies only with the public sector banks they do not really lie with the private banks so when you have so much of bad loans lying with psus and psus uh, you we usually see that people get transferred very often or if something happens you know then the psu manager will be held and he can lose all his pension so there are these a lot of fear that people the managers have and that's why they don't like to sell assets easily so nobody was trying to really resolve anything so once the ibc came into play people said okay fine now this is an open process there is a court there is somebody who is going to now do now take care of the resolution process the case will come in and it has to be resolved there is a resolution professional who will come with a paper and say okay let's do this now coming to what apollo has done uh, or how distress works is apollo tied up with gsw group now gsw is second largest steel manufacturer in india and they tied up with them and they went and uh, bid for uh, the monitor spark steel asset now the thing is monitor spark is just a 1 and 1/2 million ton steel plant it never really produced steel it has taken so much money as debt in fact if we see the numbers by the time this, this resolution ended apollo has paid 37 cents to a dollar which basically means for every 100 rupees that a bank had given out they have actually managed to get back only 37 rupees and then what they did was they they realized that the steel plant they had seen the plant in fact even before it went to the resolution process and they realized that it only makes commoditized steel which is like the normal steel but how can you sell only 1.5 million ton of normal steel which is being manufactured somewhere in chatisgarh you need tie up you need distribution you need channel so gsw has come in as a partner what they have done is they have turned that asset into a specialized steel it become now alloy steel plant now what you can do with an alloy steel plant is you can give it to uh, car manufacturers or allied manufacturers of car industry so now you're going to make more money from that steel than you could before so that is how they are trying to turn around the asset that they have bought which is monitor spark and with gsw they have bought the asset but they hold around 74.3% stake in it the pandemic has pretty much put spanner in the works for every industry how does it work in the private equity sector how does how does it impact apollo global followed by axel if you look at the numbers for 2020 in india private equity funds like global funds everybody private equity investment pe and vc investment that has happened in india for 2020 stands at around 47.5 billion dollars which is the highest amount of money that has ever come in in india but 36% of this money has gone to single handedly to reliance group companies uh, let me very clarify forbes india is owned by network 18 which is also a company 
um, related to the Reliance Group. Between Reliance Retail and Geo Platforms, a lot of capital went. So if I just remove that portion, it just comes down by another $11 billion, which means we have done only $36 billion for the rest of the country put together. Rest of the companies in the country managed to raise only $36 billion, which is actually far lesser than last year. Oh. Uh, similarly, uh, Rajiv, if you could take a crack at uh, how has it impacted the VCs overall and Axel, given that uh, uh, you've uh, spoken to the top guys there. Abhi, initially, let's talk about the startup ecosystem. Uh, during the initial part of the pandemic, first quarter, I would say, there were some issues regarding uh, liquidity because money was not coming from China as well. But after, after fourth quarter, there, there is no issue of uh, funding at all. And in people 2020 entire, if you look at all top players, they have opened their posting, they have funded, and they have been very liberal in doing it. Coming back to Excel, the unique thing about this VC fund is that it, it tries its level best not to let a venture die. Just because, you know, having that kind of mindset, they have seen how painful it is to start a venture and close a venture. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur. They have seen this journey. Because it's a package in addition to these two, what can the listeners expect? What was the thread or the overarching theme uh, in this package? We really wanted to bring forth the issue in PEVC special where we could tell you something more about the ecosystem, how the ecosystem fared. You know, it, it was starting in 2021. Some of the things that happened, for example, Rajiv has two spectacular stories. One is on Axel Partners and the other story, if I'm not wrong, is about founders becoming accelerators. Right, Rajiv? Founders who have now become funders, you know, so uh, there was a time, long time yeah. back, I would say five years, 10 years back, it was very common uh, for anybody to turn an angel investor for as little as one lakh or something like that. But now if you look at the ticket size, it's crazy, five crore, four crore angel investment. And all these entrepreneurs, former as well as present entrepreneurs are doing it. Look at Kunal Bahal of Snapdeal. He tops the list for uh, the biggest angel investor last year. Then there is Ramakant Sharma of Live Space, who is also a very prolific uh, angel investor. Then there is Kunal Shah of Free Charger, now Cred. So it's a nice list of all this, how these former and present entrepreneurs, they have, you know, turned funders. And then, you know, from taking from there, there is a story we also have, which is on venture capital debt. Like we all know about the ecosystem as equity, right? There's so much of equity that is getting pumped in seven to $8 billion. But there is this one story that I've done about venture capital debt. I mean, I had written about it way back in 2015. And I thought, let's go back to it because we realized that in 2020, at least in the last three months, the last quarter has been phenomenal for each of each one of them. The three biggest guys in India are Innovant Capital, Tata Capital and Altheria Capital, all three have agreed that, you know, they, they've had the best year till now. They've had the best quarter and a year in a pandemic. And we thought it is important to get, you know, these different aspects of VC and PE ecosystem stories out there so that our readers can see, can see you know, what, what all is happening as a subunit in this space. Lovely. That's a nice roundup. Thank you very much, Pooja and uh, uh, Rajiv for your time on this podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks, Abhi. Thank you so much, Abhishek. Thank you. All your listeners, you Pleasure. can get this on ForbesIndia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast channels. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818. And also look for other podcasts from uh, Forbes India. There's one called Teenpreneur, an interview series with young entrepreneurs. And we also have from the bookshelf of Forbes India, conversations about business, economics, and books. Mm-hmm.